all throughout this season of Lent, our cups have been filled to the brim, as our Lenten theme reminds us. At the start of our journey, we walked with Jesus in the desert, tempted to our very limits, and in that desert place, we remembered and claimed the belovedness that is ours in the family of God. Then we found ourselves in the shadow of God's wings, in the care of Jesus, our mother hen, who keeps us safe when things get scary. We learned what it means to be where you are planted, like the fig tree, that we are enough, that we are worthy just as we are because of the God who created us in God's own image. And last week with the younger son, we found ourselves in the embrace of our prodigal parents, reminding us that grace requires nothing of us. These are stories of God's abundance, stories that shape a faith that is full to the brim with God's grace and love, stories that give us strength for the journey through Lent, the journey to the cross, the journey to which we will soon turn as Jesus enters the holy city of Jerusalem. Today's story is another story full to the brim with grace. Grace upon grace. Today's story is the story of a woman so filled with that grace that she can't help but let that grace spill out in an act of extravagant love for her friends. This is the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. This is a tale, or whoops, I kept reading the manuscript, not the sermon. Boy, this is the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Martha, or Mary, took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. No more sermon surprises that are planned. This is a tale of two women. The first is at a big party, a wedding feast to be exact. Everything's going great and everyone's having a great time until they run out of wine. With an awareness that something is up and a keen sense of hospitality, she jumps into action and tells her son to do something about it. When he's reluctant, she won't take no for an answer. We know what happens next. The six giant jugs of water become six giant jugs of wine. 
It's a miracle of abundance, the first of many such signs that Jesus will perform throughout the pages of John's gospel, all instigated in this one moment by his mother. The second woman is at home, but it's anything but quiet. Her house is filled with guests. There's Jesus and at least 12 of his followers, probably more, and her sister who's busy cooking and serving, not to mention her brother Lazarus who had literally just been raised from the dead. Needless to say, it was a hectic, exciting, confusing time. She had been trying to process everything she had been feeling, everything that she had been thinking about. What could she say? What could she do? Suddenly she gets an idea. In the middle of dinner, she reaches for the jar she had been saving, literally saving and scrimping 300 denarii, an entire year's wages. It's time, she thinks. And in an instant, she pours out the perfume, the pungent aroma swirling around the room, matched only by her own extravagant love poured out for Jesus. This, too, is a sign of abundance. It's a tale of two women, the mother of Jesus and Mary the sister of Lazarus, two women who stand at pivotal moments in Jesus's ministry in John's gospel, from the wedding in chapter two all the way to the anointing in chapter 12. There's a sense that these two women bookend Jesus's public ministry in John. Jesus's mother is the catalyst that sets it all into motion. Without her urging, who's to say everything that followed would have ever happened? And then there's Mary, one of Jesus's closest friends and one of his most faithful disciples, who herself performs a sign of abundance and is the only person besides Jesus to do so in all of John's gospel. Her act of abundance, of lavish extravagance, is in the details. A pound of costly perfume, pure nard, consisting of a whole year's wages, and filling the entire house with its fragrance. This is a tale of two women who love Jesus into his future. Because of his mother's love and encouragement, Jesus has the strength to begin his work. And because of his friend Mary's extravagant love, Jesus receives what he needs as he comes to his hour, his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. These two women get it. They understand what it means to love Jesus into his future, to love him with the kind of extravagant love he needs to get him through two of the hardest and most pivotal moments of his life, the beginning of his ministry and his turning toward the cross. We've all had moments like that. Moments where what we need to get us through is that extra word of encouragement or act of love from someone who cares for us. Whether it's a note a parent packs in their kid's lunchbox or a home-cooked meal prepared by one spouse for another at the end of a long day 
or just a text message or card to a friend just to check in. We've all had moments of being loved and loving each other into the future, of giving and receiving strength for what lies ahead. Those moments emphasize above all else the sense of relationship, and that's what John's gospel is all about. It's about relationship and mutuality and reciprocity. It's about God abiding in us and us in God and us with each other. This is a tale of two women who get it. They get that being a follower of Jesus is to be in relationship with him. They get what it means to be a disciple, to abide in love and to live in love and to be in love with the one who loves them, full to the brim and overflowing. We read this gospel story of extravagant, abundant love on this fifth and final regular Sunday in Lent. With Mary, we stand on the cusp of Holy Week. The very next verses in John move us to the events of Palm Sunday. But today, before all of that, Mary prepares us to walk with Jesus through it all. Where Judas betrays Jesus and Peter denies ever knowing him, abandoning the relationship, Mary pours out an abiding extravagance of love that will remain with Jesus even when his journey to Jerusalem doesn't go nearly or doesn't end nearly as triumphantly as it began. Mary's love goes with Jesus through the betrayal, through the trial, through the suffering, through his death, and ultimately into his resurrection, where it will encounter yet another woman, another Mary, at the tomb early in the morning, while it's still dark, amid clouded eyes weighed down with tears, hearing her risen rabbi's voice call her name, and in turn clinging to him physically, an act of extravagant love from a disciple and a friend. So it's a tale really of three women, and it's a tale of all of us. A tale that invites us into the kind of love that makes a disciple. The kind of abundance that loves us all together into the future, whatever it holds. It's tender abundance lasting as even just one drop of a jar of costly perfume fills the house with its aroma. Can you smell that love? Can you feel that love?